Hello and welcome to another episode of Versus. I'm Tim Bolin, and I am, as always, a massive nerd. Now, as you can see, I am not alone here. I have a very special guest, uh, uh, Miss uh, uh, Holly Swinyard. Now, they are a pop culture author, uh, cosplay enthusiast, someone who I ran into at the um, it was a UK, yeah, it was a Brighton yeah. comic convention, uh, which I had never done. It's my first one in England. Uh, and, um, I've been to a few that size, uh, back home in the States. So I was kind of knew what to expect and, uh, I was glad I went, I met a bunch of interesting people, a few others who I will have on here in the future. So we can get to know more people as, uh, as time goes on, but un uh, until then, here we, here we are. Um, Hi. thank you very much. How are you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, no, I'm Okay. We, we had a bit of a chat. I didn't sleep very well, but I'm okay now. It's That's, fine. Nobody sleeps well these days anymore, yeah. so it's totally <laughs> fine. So um, you are a uh, cosplay enthusiast and pop culture author. You have a publication uh, called The Cosplay yeah. Journal, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. if I got that right. Yes, no, that's um, right. And I'm assuming the uh, the cosplay and everything came first. Does that sound yes. about right? Yeah, yeah. By, by quite a margin, really. <laughs> I would imagine usually you do one yeah. way longer and then you start to write about it. So tell me how you first kind of got the cosplay bug. What got you interested oh. in doing that? So I must have been about, I want to say 15, 16, a, a baby, um, yeah. very young. And I'd always been into comics. My dad brought me up on like Asterix and Tintin and, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. He'd loved those as a kid. And uh, I have dyslexia and so actually it was a really good way to get me to read and and I kind of really got into it and then I got into all the UK comics like the Beano and all that sort of stuff and then about I want to say about 13 14 I discovered that a Sonic the Hedgehog was a thing and had comics excellent sure did uh, and then also the manga and anime and the Japanese stuff uh because it was kind of they were re they were showing like things like Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura and stuff was, and obviously Pokemon, Digimon, all that was on TV at the time. And I got really into it, and I was like, "Oh, this is cool!" And I found yeah. that there were books, so um, I kind of started reading them. And then my local Waterstones bookshop um, was running like an event run by to uh, I want to say Tokyo Pop, the publisher, sure, where it was sure. essentially like a little mini convention that they did in one like one evening where they had like vendors and people that you know you could talk to and all this stuff they had panels and they had a cosplay competition and I had never encountered this before ever mm -hmm. I mean I loved kind of dressing up on Halloween and stuff not that that was a particularly big thing in the UK but I wanted it to be a big thing I, in the I was UK gonna say, I, did, I don't remember that being big here no like, it wasn't I'm a huge Halloween fan I went yeah. all out so I'm glad that mm -hmm. it, it at least exists over here but go on sorry it did yeah um you know fancy dress parties that kind of stuff I, I was like yeah I want to do that um like my aunt had made me and my cousin's teenage mutant ninja turtle costumes and, and stuff like that so you know me too we we were nerds we were nerds i kind of, like grew up on all that kind of stuff um and yeah i went to this thing and i was like oh dressing up there's dressing up what is this oh my god this is amazing yes. um and i started talking to a few people about it who'd been who were doing the cosplay and they were like oh we're going to the london comic-con in like a few weeks you should come with us and i was like there's a Comic-Con. I thought that was just in America. Oh my gosh. You know, like, that's so cool. Um, so this would have been MCM sure. back in the day when everyone's called it Expo. Just Expo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and somehow my parents let me go with these people I just met. Uh, oh. Turns out they 
you know, we were all local, so they did know their parents. Like they knew. That's good. That's good. Not just, yeah, um, go off with and, some strangers. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they were all a little bit older than me. So they must have been 16, 17, 18. Uh, and apparently that's trustworthy to take your child to London for the day. Yeah. Um, and so literally I made a costume in about two weeks, like really badly, couldn't really sew or anything like that. Like just, you know, I'd never, you know, I could do a bit, but nothing major. Yeah. Uh, and I made a version, like Riku from Final Fantasy X-2, uh, sure. but kind of the Kingdom Hearts 2 version where she's like a little cute version. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I kind of made that with a friend and the two of us went along with these other people who we met. Uh, some of whom I'm still friends with to this day. That's like, awesome. Literally, one of them was sending me pictures of his baby <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> nice. So, you know, we're still really good friends. Um, and um, yeah, that was it. I went and it was amazing. And got I got bug. the bug. Yeah, I really did. And then I was like, I want to go to all of everything I can get to, you know. And so I was at like every MCM from in like May's and October's for years. And uh, then I found out, you know, there were loads of other comic cons around the country and started going to those. Um, nice. Sorry, I got involved in like the UK comic scene a bit. Uh, started like hanging out with like writers and things like that. And that's sort of the rest is history. I kind of I got really into it and I wanted to get as good as I could get. Um, or at least, you know, I enjoy sewing. I enjoy creating. And so yeah. for me, it's not necessarily about being perfect and making the best thing. It's more about like doing something that I really enjoy doing to a degree that I find pleasing, if yeah. that makes sense. Like I hold myself to a standard and I want to push myself because I enjoy doing that. Like I mean, that's not necessarily exactly. It's not for yeah, everyone. Yeah. That's not how everyone wants to do it, but it's how I enjoy doing it. So it, it's great fun. Um, but yeah, like I must have I've been doing it for 15 years now, which awesome. is terrifying when I actually say it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, that's awesome. But yeah, about five years ago, um, me and some uh, friends were like, oh, we want to like show what the UK cosplay community is actually like. There isn't really a magazine for it in the UK. Like there was some kind of conversations about one happening and there wasn't really anything. And so we went, oh, why don't we do it? We'll set up the journal. And it kind of wasn't, it was a magazine to start with. And now it's more of a book, sure. like coffee table. A yeah, I saw a copy of it. Yeah. Um, Because we kind of, all of us ended up going to university and doing things like I did uh creative writing and journalism and writing for broadcast at university so I kind of have that element uh, my now partner who wasn't my partner at the time but now is, is a photographer um, and so you know was able to bring their professional you know elements of their that that from their side our friend who's the um, graphic designer for the journal is you know was again at the time was just kind of coming out of university coming out doing a master's uh, and looking for stuff to experiment on and all that kind of stuff and so that's what the journal kind of is for them for her I should say um and yeah it kind of all was just a a nice kind of crazy happenstance that we were all kind of people who wanted to do this and experiment together um, that's awesome and here's the journal now which is great you know that's wonderful I mean uh, uh back in the states for me I definitely knew some people who kind of had the same path as you they started off in um you know they had the bug they started dressing up it was halloween was huge for us in yeah. in the states i i was also a ninja turtle growing up and oscar <laughs> the grouch from sesame street like literally just like a tin can and a thing on my head like it was <laughs> I, I got the bug real real young and and before i even knew that people were doing this stuff in conventions and out in public i thought it was just for for halloween so when once a year would come around i would go all out with the with the face paint oh, and amazing. like i had hair back then so i could like put it up and like <laughs> 
like spike it. I could be like a zombie or a vampire or whatever. And like my mom would help me and I would do some touch-ups and stuff. And then as I got older, I started doing it all myself. And, and um, I was real into wrestling for a very long time. Uh, there was a guy called Goldust who always painted his face. And so I did that for Halloween. Yeah. And then I don't know if you ever saw any like the Rob Zombie um, horror uh, movies. Please. Like, Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I did. They, like, they weren't uh, that big in the UK. I would imagine uh, not. They're, they're you know, very kind of like cult following back home. And everything. I know that like uh, my, my gothy emo friends uh, are very into that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're but not I've my favorite. Really... But the, despite sat the here Captain with like, my stripy, you know, my stripy yeah. sleeves and stuff, I'm not actually <laughs> <laughs> it's not really my scene um just the the color for the day um yeah but yeah i totally got into that as well and, and love doing it and i haven't done it quite as as often uh as i as i wanted to and uh definitely the uh conventions is where i kind of started going a little bit more i do a joker i did a captain spaulding from those movies and i'll do you know whatever riddler that kind of stuff something that's easy that i'm gonna encourage you doesn't require come, come and hair. join us yeah um, join us i made I, i'll say i having briefly dived into like making the costumes you know the face paint is one thing like i took like a, a jean jacket cut the sleeves a really tight pair of uh, uh jeans and i i you know stripped them of color and then recolored them purple and like used all these like paints and stuff to put a bunch of ha 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 ha's and stuff on the back <laughs> of it and did like a joker so like it, it there's a lot that goes into this process oh, um yeah. and, that i really just was not anticipating so what are for you some of the things you didn't expect to be an issue when creating that were you know like some people yeah it's thinking back isn't it i think the thing that I, I don't know yeah i think the thing i wasn't really expecting particularly because i started when i was like 15 and i didn't really learn so properly until i was maybe 17 18 and i kind of was like i really need to yeah uh was the sheer amount of actual practical knowledge you need to make something look really good um and you can definitely get away with like i think that there's a huge amount you can get away with by uh, modifying stuff you can buy like you said there's that kind of stuff but there are just some things that don't exist and i think little naive brain me <laughs> i was like 15 was like oh yeah I'm sure this thing must exist because like I've seen people have it and I didn't think they made it you yeah. know um so I think that was like one of the first things that really hit me was like how do I how do I get these odd things like uh you know I very much started my journey in like the Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts kind of those sort of video games obviously uh, sure. and so I was like where do I get these where do I get a gun blade where do I get a you know a big key you know all this sort yeah. of stuff like um turns out uh you can buy them at conventions they are expensive Very. um but also you kind of just have to make them and so like i the reason i started to learn to do things was because i wanted to have the i wanted to be able to have those things and do it properly properly in inverted commas for me how i wanted to do it sure. and when i started you could not buy costumes online like not in the way you can now like you could maybe order a few things that were very popular from china mm -hmm. but you didn't have all these kind of like costume stores that you can just buy things from that weren't just tacky fancy dress you know uh like i see so many people now have amazing costumes that they bought like uh, the scarlet witch or captain america or like uh, uh the genshin ones are very popular at the moment and they look beautiful and you could just buy them um that just didn't exist for me so like and a lot of us who started a lot you know 15 20 years ago they, it just wasn't there um so I think the big thing was, oh, I have to, <laughs> I have to learn to do this if I want yeah. these things that look like this. Um, and the other thing was like learning to sew was that you couldn't, but you had to modify your patterns. Like you couldn't get away with just 
like a lot of it was going to be you have to find something that's close enough to the mark and then you can change it sure um sure. again now there are patterns you can buy patterns of like disney princesses or like daenerys targaryen like, like just general jedi robes you can buy like pre-existing patterns to use and you don't have to change them was not a thing when we started no so like cosplay coming really popular has obviously opened all these doors to like it's viable as a marketing thing now or like as a you know it's worth having costumes to sell and it's worth having uh patterns that you can buy and all that kind of stuff is worth it for those companies to start doing that like the fact that big name cosplayers like yaya han have their own fabric ranges and stuff and they have their own pattern ranges with these companies um or you have shops like Coscraft or Polyprops who literally specialize and are able to make a business out of specializing in yeah. just cosplay supplies. Yeah. Is amazing. Like that was not a thing. Like we didn't have EVA foam no. back in the day. Like the first like tutorial I ever remember reading about making armor was like that craft foam you use at school mm-hmm. and like how to use that and how to, and that one does the rounds every so often. Honestly, I think it's so much for like, it's, it's the absolute basics and it's brilliant. Like, obviously, we can do more now because EVA foam has got, like, higher density, all that kind of stuff. You get it in thicker and thinner and all this sort of thing. You can even get it in, like, doweling tubes, which is cool. That is um, cool. So you can do a lot more with it. But at the time, it wasn't that just didn't exist. And you had to be going into, like, DIY stores and kind of greebling things together right. to try and think, does this look like that? You know, very, very Star Wars original trilogy kind of. Yes. <laughs> that thing all looked like, yeah, we go, you know. Like that, I still... that scene where they're flying into the cave on the, on the uh uh they're in like the worm inside the asteroid mm-hmm. or whatever and you see this thing pop out that's literally just like a sock with some yeah, stuff exactly. on it and some guy um, going um, like that even like the prequel era like the little pouch things that the jedi have like the little like yeah. capsules they're just pen lids painted gold that's, that's all they are that's hilarious and, like, I know it's and everywhere. I, so I, it... Yeah, it's everywhere. Like so and the thing is I actually love the fact that even into like the prequel the sequels, prequels and like the new shows and everything, they're still making the props like that. Yeah. Because it's that's otherwise it doesn't look like Star Wars. You can't do it unless you do it. Like even if you look at like the video games, because I'm making Cal Kestis at the moment, so I'm staring at him a lot, like just a that's lot. That's amazing. I just um, finished that game not too long ago for so the good. second time. Oh, so good. Yeah. um but like even like things like his little canisters on his arms look like car engine uh fuses spark, spark plugs they're like spark plugs yeah that's what they look like they do um, don't they and and so you're like oh that's kind of what they're meant to be like if you went you, if you want to make that prop that's where you should start looking i didn't make mine like that because they're they're too big but sure. you know they've clearly gone and looked at real items to make what he has and i think that's really clever yeah. to be like we want to continue that feeling of this is something you could find in the real world um my favorite thing is that the lightsabers, uh, Darth Vader's original lightsaber, is uh, a camera flash from like one of those standing yep. cameras. Yeah. And that's and then they just stuck some stuff on it, and I'm like, that's brilliant. Because when you then see those in museums and stuff, you're like, oh my god, that is Darth Vader's lightsaber. Yeah. That's so funny. Because like back um, in the 70s, like they this was not like sci-fi. There'd been sci-fi things in TV uh-huh. and stuff like that, Flash Gordon, all that stuff. But like science fiction wasn't like the mainstream as it is now. Like sci-fi. And the science is fiction huge. you had was like Star Trek, uh, which was very the future. Yeah. Or like Doctor Who, which was very uh bubble wrap monsters. Yes. Oh my god! Literally bubble wrapped. I love that. Was it the third Doctor? Is ridiculous. Yeah. Like you get that with the Doctor Who. You get it with like Blake Seven and stuff. So all like the BBC kind of British Mm -hmm. uh, sci-fi of that era is very like home-built cardboardy sets, uh, which is great. And then you've got like Star Trek, which at the time is just super polished. Yeah. Um, 
And then like Star Wars comes in in the 80s and it's like, nah, we're going to do this as like sci-fi fantasy. So mm-hmm. everyone's going to look really grimy and interesting and all this. And it's such a different vibe. Um, but anyway, that's what I really liked about like with cosplay. And I still do that. Like I still like, I don't tend to, if I can avoid it, I don't tend to 3D print things. Sure, sure. Because, and I also don't necessarily use EVA foam if I don't need to. I tend to try and find something for props, particularly that looks like it that I can build on because I just love that kind of scratch build vibe. Um, you yeah. know, if I can find a base and I can build on it. So yeah, maybe I'll use EBA foam or warbler to make it look more. But even then, like my uh, Cal Kestis has like a canister on the back of his belt. I don't know if you've ever noticed that he's got like an orange canister yep. that's on the back of his belt. Yep. Um, and I just went, I was like, well, I actually want a water bottle with this costume. What if I get a real water bottle and I paint it up to look like that? And so I went and found one, did it all. And then I found... Um, tap washers that looked and i stuck them together to look like the uh the little uh valve release valve yeah yeah. and i painted them and like mod podged them on all this sort of stuff and now it looks like the thing and it's like well i didn't need to use any of the fancy stuff because i was just like well i'm gonna go and see what i can find that looks like this um and i think that's something that i really enjoy doing and it's not for everybody some people love the 3d modeling on computers and printing or doing resin casting whatever exactly like that stuff that I think if I had the time and the the tech, I would love to do as well. Like I'd love to learn it, but it's not something I necessarily have available to me. It's not something everyone has available to them. So I will absolutely encourage DIY building, like go to your local scrap store, see what you can find. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So how long does like, like your Cal Kestis, like how long was something like that or, or some of the other ones, how long would like a, um, a, a moderately take? So Cal Kestis is taking a really long time because I keep stopping and starting him. Sure. Um, like time put in. Yeah. Not just like time put in. Let's see. Like, you know. Uh, I would say probably for me, I'm looking at maybe 200 hours. Okay. I mean, that's manageable. Uh, For like a like a regular build. I think when I'm doing like a competition build, uh, because I've just started going back to like competitive cosplay, because again, for me, that's something I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably be looking more like maybe five, 600 hours on a costume just for the sheer amount of like detail that goes into them. And like often there's a lot of uh, making sure, because I make my own patterns as well. So it's like making sure the patterns fit and they work and doing all that kind of takes time. And the research as well, I think people don't necessarily realize how much research there is at the beginning to be like, what does this character look like from as many angles as I can find? I'm pretty sure I put like a good 40 hours into just finding images of Cal Kestis from all these different angles. Yeah, that takes... (laughs) a long time unless you're like screenshotting with video capture on a really nice computer then it's like yeah yeah, you gotta find someone else that's done all that and i think thankfully there's a lot of groups out there for characters and all this sort of stuff and again one of the things that people have started to realize particularly video game companies is that and and animation companies is that people want to cosplay these characters so they release yeah they do uh, turnarounds Mm -hmm. uh that you can use so like literally yesterday because my brain does not stop I was like, do you know what would be a really fun cosplay? If I did uh, the new version of Freddy Fazbear from Five Nights at Freddy's, but sure. inspired by David Bowie. That would be awesome. Ooh. Like make a David Bowie suit that looks like that character. Um, like proper Ziggy Stardust stuff. Um Not for it. And so I was like looking at 3D turnarounds of the bear to be like, what do your back look like? What colors are where? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. I need to know for my suit. Um, there's, there's whether some... that costume gets made, but I don't know. There's some game companies and other companies that actually 
put out patterns like i want i play mm-hmm. uh, a lot of like borderlands games and, and all that stuff and gearbox uh for three well for a bunch of their different releases will just be like here's your patterns like here's yeah. it, it, this is what you can do like they'll give you everything and they're like we encourage awesome. you to dress yeah. up which is super cool um and i think and- also a lot of independent companies i think people don't realize if you kind of email them and have a chat they're likely to send you that stuff yeah, like it's if you, you're saying I want like exactly for them, like if you say I want to cosplay this character from your game, from your comic, whatever, the likelihood is I'll go, cool, here's the designs. You can like we've got them. Have yeah. a look. Yeah. You know, and as long as you promise you're not going to steal it, which to be honest is kind of you're not. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, um, then you're good. And I think people should reach out more. Like even people like uh, a friend of mine just finished making. Well, not finished is <laughs> in the process of finishing. Sure, is uh, it ever Sansa. really done? No. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Sansa from the end of series, the last series of Game of Thrones, the the Queen of the North dress. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good one with the breastplate. It's really beautiful, and she's just been making that, and it's taken her three years, I think, to make the whole thing on and wow. off. And, but she got in touch with the uh, the embroiderer the embroidery designer the woman who did all of the the stuff for that costume and wow. she was like yeah i can send you the pictures absolutely that's awesome go have a go i want to see you try it because like these people they want you to try they want to see that's they want awesome. to encourage people to do crafts they want to encourage people to be creative and i think that's one of the things that people don't necessarily realize like obviously like disney and stuff like that you're probably not gonna probably not. you know they're very like, close with their su- ip exactly but you'd be surprised people are pretty like if there's people working on set and stuff like that and the film's out you know they're not under an nda anymore like people are pretty willing to be like oh i can at least tell you how that particular bit is made because it's not telling you the whole secret but i can maybe tell you how a cuff was made for something or like what it actually looks like underneath because there aren't any shots of it you know and as long as you don't go around like going i've got the secrets um you know be subtle about it be careful like talk about it with you know like literally just don't go and spread it around online right Right. You can get a lot of be, like. Be I'm probably going to get in it. trouble for it'd be good. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that. But no. you know, don't also don't go and like my verse. Don't be like me, me, me with people. Like, don't do that. Sure. If people are going to get back to you, they'll get back to you. You don't need to poke them. No. You know, no, uh, do people that. don't like that. Um, but you'd be surprised how many people want to share and talk about stuff, and actually, they want to encourage you. I mean, so. that's why we're here because yeah. i want to i want to encourage other people to do all the things even mm-hmm. if i'm not doing them myself um so what is like what's like one of the biggest builds because i know you mentioned working with like eva foam and that kind of stuff like do you have you like built physically like something big? yeah like something uh, that's like armor yeah. wise and something like so that. i don't really do armor i'm doing my first armor build at the moment it's like it's not really something i do sorry just moving things so i can i wonder if i can get in the box can get in the box uh me and my partner are making echo and tech from the bad batch at the moment that's awesome. Uh, so these are this is all 3D printed. That's um, so cool. I am never doing a mass 3D print build ever again. It was <laughs> uh, sure, sure. It's very it, time it, consuming. It, yeah, it's very time consuming. If anything goes wrong, get back in the box. Uh, if anything goes wrong, you have to print the whole thing again. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's that's, that's expensive too. For that me, it's an expensive cheap. process. Yeah um so like it's been really fun and we've learned a lot and like i said it's it's learning about 3d modeling all that kind of stuff and we've got sure. friends who've been helping us so that's been great but uh, i think i'd go back i think i'd stick with eva foam and yeah. uh, foam builds yeah and go back to my lovely go back to my nice fabric builds in the corner um like it's weird because for me i don't do the big builds like my big builds are ones where they're like very technically detailed sewing sure. work uh so i just won the international disc world conventions cosplay masquerade uh which was awesome i was that was very exciting Congrats. um 
I got best in show. So happy I have. Uh, and that costume, I it took me, I think I've remade parts of it and been working on it on and off for four years. Nice. Yeah, four I years. Mean... Um, and it's like one of those costumes I don't know if I'll ever finish. I'll ever be happy with it. I'll just keep making parts, making new bits. Um, nothing's ever finished. No, ever. nothing's ever finished. You can always ever, make ever, it ever. better, which is you the can hardest always do part. something else, you know, change things. Um, but like that costume has been one of the most technically difficult costumes because it was all using like historical techniques because it's all uh, early regency so early georgian so it's what late 1700s early 1800s got me on that um, one, yeah around then um uh, someone will correct me it's fine it's fine because uh, obviously here it's like these are the terms we use in the uk for this period and it matches up to nothing uh <laughs> But so that was quite interesting because I had to learn how certain things were done and like how certain fabrics would be used and all that kind of thing. And then mix and match like what historical techniques I wanted to use versus like what modern techniques I wanted to use, which was a really great process. But also um, it meant I had to remake a certain part of it three times Oof. because I just kept getting it wrong. Uh, like every time I like it was wearable, but like I was like, I'm not happy. I need to remake it again because yeah. this just doesn't fit right. I'm not able to like yeah. move in a way I want to move and things like that. Uh, and this year I finally got it to work. And so that was awesome. So like for me, those are my big builds. They're like my very technically heavy builds, uh, which is again, the same. my Cal Kestis is the same. Like he's a very technically heavy, very technically heavy build. Yeah. Um, it's a cool build too. You know, like uh, uh, I don't, you know, I think the game got a, a pretty good uh, a review and it was out there as fairly public game and they're making a second mm. one, which I think I'm excited yeah, I'm really about excited. and everything. But like when you look at it, like there's there's a couple of models for them that are you can do something really simple or you can do something super technical. Yeah. You know, he's a guy so like, that's got like a jumpsuit and a poncho on with like a exactly. little droid. You can just do that and have a good time. Like I've seen a few friends of mine make him make really good versions of him uh quite quickly you know because they've just gone for like okay cool these are the elements let me put it together and then for me when i was like well because i am wanting to enter him into a competition next year and all this sort of stuff so again he's a competition build uh i initially started thinking oh this isn't going to be too technically <laughs> different oh no i was wrong yeah. i was wrong it's just um, all the little things the curls yeah, and the like, sleeve even just and like, like exactly like the, even the when hem. you start like looking at like the trousers and the undershirt that he's wearing and like there's like stitching in places that you wouldn't notice otherwise there's like certain elements of like oh no that doesn't sit right if you don't like do this and, and things like that so like even his shirt I think I've got slightly wrong because I've I put a seam all the way down the front uh, and I'm like personally I think that just looks nicer it's more interesting to look at it's got a detail element to it He's got um, multiple so costumes in game, so you can kind of exactly. do your own flair like, to it this is fine yeah. um and but just like it took me I think two three months in total just to make those two pieces because they were just like I had to work out exactly how they were made how they would sit how like elements of the collar would sit the trousers particularly can get effed uh, sure sure because <laughs> his trousers in game are very very skinny he's got like skinny jeans on basically yep uh, and I was like I need to hide the fact that I have hips and so like <laughs> working out how to make that look right and do certain tailoring elements was quite tricky um, yeah that's like a whole that's like actual mm -hmm. fashion to kind of there's yeah. jeans that do that where it's like wide and then it drops but then mm -hmm. it doesn't look like yeah so I'm like, like oh, it's too much yeah, for so me doing all that sort of stuff and just things like the fact that you can't see elements of the costume because he's wearing boots or like the jacket that his uh, poncho yeah. covers something yeah. or like his uh you just don't get to see down to those base levels so what do they look like underneath and having to work that out is 
really kind of making your own guesses and also kind of thinking what would look cool and yeah. actually what's practical and so stuff like that. I, I can't remember his I name. I am. I am. Actually, I'm quite excited to make BD1. BD1. Uh, my, my very good and very eccentric friend is helping me make uh, BD1. He's a, a robotics engineer. And um, we're having fun planning how we're going to make that. Yeah, um, that's he's, that's. he's basically teaching me robotics, uh, and <laughs> then I get to go away and play with servos. That's so awesome. we're going to do some really cool stuff with that. I can't say anything yet because it's for a competition. So if things don't work out, I'm like I'm not allowed to say. That's fine. Um, that's totally fine. But it's quite fun doing that and learning a new skill. I have to say, it's you know, like I said, I don't do big armor builds, but I love props building, and so learning some new skills for props is is great. You that's know, awesome. So you've been doing this for a while. You said about 15 years. Um, the, yeah. A lot has changed in that scene in, in 15 years in the culture yeah. and everything like that. So what would you say have been some of like the bigger like prejudices and, and things that you've had to overcome or fight or explain numerous yeah. times to people who just don't understand? Because some people, especially in the U.S., I know there was a lot of like, oh, it's just like you're just putting on a costume. What is this, Halloween for everybody? And then it was also like there's been a lot of like stigma around it that there's like other like sexual things happening with like yeah. cosplay <laughs> and i'm like that's not even me that's i'm sitting there like name. i don't do it all the time i'm like that's not no like we love this show yeah. i want to dress up like this character I, like, it's, it's interesting because there's like there's things that have happened to the community and things that happen within the community which i was like i've even oh, when my um when my last book came out i was interviewed on uh bbc radio like actual national radio about it and the interviewer asked me if it was a sexual thing. And I just had to sit there like, no, oh, no, <laughs> no, please. No. And I kind of, it was so funny. I was literally like, it's like 10 o'clock at night and you're asking me about this. Oh my goodness. Uh, it was very funny. But, you know, I felt like I dealt with that. I was like, no, 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 it's not. And I think a lot of people kind of do in the same way that I think people like look at furries and, and like all that kind of, you know, different subgroups and be like, is there a sexy thing to it? And you're like, maybe for some people. Sure. But there is for like to each their everything own. for each their own exactly like maybe um but mostly no and i think obviously there is the kind of the sexy cosplay thing like your jessica negris and all that kind of stuff sure which has its place if that makes people money if it makes people happy you know have at i suppose yeah. you know um everything has its place in this world you know it's the internet right yeah. um not personally for me, but I'm not going to go and yell at anyone about it. No, uh, some people do though. That's weird. Do you um, have a lot of people like come up at like conventions and like just be like rude or just assume that they can like take a picture without asking yeah. or anything like yeah. that? Um, more less so in like recent years. It's good. Um, but like to start with, they were definitely just like, I want to take a picture, and particularly like outside of the convention itself. So if you were on the train, yeah. Oh, sorry Time or, and place, um, buddy. on yeah exactly or like if you were just walking to the convention and you weren't necessarily in the convention center yet just in the area like then even now people are still like woo, 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 about it like get a bit larry or whatever um but particularly i think because lots of people often are in groups they're often like there's enough people around to be like or you know they nobody makes a comment because like well something must be going on sure. i think particularly in big cities like london there's so often just something going on <laughs> that like people kind of leave it there um but that's definitely got an you know i'm not going to say there are no problems with like how the general public interact with cosplay like i said there are people who there's a lot of online problems like yeah. bullying and stuff like people making comments like oh it's so weird oh you're too you don't look like the character blah, blah, blah. uh predominantly i would say that like uh non-white cosplayers get a lot of that 
they, yeah. they get a huge amount of it, which yeah. is horrendous, you know. Awful. Um, Horrible. And obviously, uh, plus size cosplayers as well. I say obviously, but like, uh, that's just one. Like, the groups that kind of get it are generally the ones who do not adhere to a maybe traditional Western view of what is attractive. Um, and that yeah. is, you know, that's a completely subjective thing. But, you know, so it, it's a real, real nightmare for a lot of people when they're like, I just want to cosplay. I just want to do my thing. And I want to put on my social media. I'm not here to be famous. I don't care. I'm just putting my, my, my image up to my friends to see. Yeah. And they get attacked by people because, oh, no, you're the wrong skin color. Or, oh, no, you're you're not a size six. Or, oh, no, you're yeah. not, a, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think there's also, from an outside perspective, a lot of people think cosplay is to be a lookalike, like in inverted commas, that you have to look as much like that sure, character as you can sure. physically be. And so if you don't, you're doing it wrong and you're bad at it. And, oh, how could you like fool yourself into thinking you look like that? When it's like, that's clearly not what it actually is. It's yeah. just the people who maybe get big or get famous online are people who can do the transformations like uh, Alison Tabitha or people who have kind of uh, maybe a passing resemblance or maybe a very clear resemblance to an actor or whatever. And so they cosplay as those characters. Yeah. And so, you know, um, a few years ago, lovely chap in the UK, Matt Elliott, uh, looks quite a lot like Matt Smith. And was so he, was he a Doctor Who cosplays. Was he on... Um... He was on a Graham Norton, I think. Yeah, at one point. yeah, that's him. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah really nice guy, that. lovely. Yeah. yeah, and he just happens to look like Matt Smith, so he was like, "Oh, cool, I can do that, and yeah, I can no. get a, you know, I can." While I like, I think while he was at university, he was doing like lookalike work and stuff like that to, you know, pay the bills. Um, fair enough, you know, if yeah. it, it works for you, it works for you. Um, but he, you know, he's just like, actually, that's just not for me anymore. I'm going to go do some other stuff, you know. He had the whole quaff and everything. Like, yeah, I know it was amazing. Impressive. Like he's and he was and his costumes were like completely like on the money as well like they were really good yeah um i you know i always loved seeing him at cons and stuff but it, it he also and lots of the sort of the lookalike people like recognize that they have that's a there's a little bit of privilege they've got there but also sure. they don't always want to be characters who are played by that actor yeah. that's not fair to make them do that either um so you yeah, know there's a lot of kind of that i think comes from the outside where people are like um you know, they put their external pressures onto the cosplay community because there is sort of this online social media, you can interact with it, you can become a fan of cosplayers mm -hmm. kind of thing as much as you can become a fan of any kind of online celebrity. And so people kind of put a pressure on like, oh, why aren't you doing this thing? Or why do you do this? Blah, 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 blah. Or you aren't popular, so why are you bothering to do it at all? You know, and it's like, that's literally not what it's for. It's just a hobby, that, yeah. like any other hobby, right? You don't necessarily have to be good at football to go and play it, football in the park it, and an i'm not art. saying people aren't good but you know what i mean it's like yeah. people want people can express it however they want and yeah. they can choose to do it to whatever level they want to do it and some people might want to do it like i like i said i really enjoy pushing myself and being like i want to get to like this kind of uh, level for me and then i want to see what the next thing i can learn is and next thing because that's just who i am as a person that's like in every element of my life that's what i like doing but that may not be for somebody else they may just want to be like i'm gonna buy i suggest exactly. they want to buy a, a cosplay and have fun with my friends for the weekend and that was an awesome time and that was that was the best day and i had the best time doing that but now i just want to go back and 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 have my regular uh life or my job i don't necessarily want to dedicate large parts of my house to making cosplay in that's probably more my, my house speed yeah you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a lot of my house that has cosplay in it sure um and some people like that, you know, and then you can go from every bit that's a spectrum, right? You go every bit in between. And I wouldn't even say I'm at like the top end of that spectrum with like the level to which I, yeah, um, I 
push my bills because I firstly I don't have the space I don't have the money and I have a job so I don't have the sure. time either sure but for some yeah. people it becomes their job like you know they become I'm going to put it in inverted commas professional cosplayers they become costume makers in one way or another yeah so like Yaya Han like uh Jessica Negri all that kind of stuff those people who are very very famous online who are using that online platform to create uh, a job for themselves and uh, Kamui cosplay like those kind of people you know um and good for them they've done the work and I think a lot of people don't really realize that actually a huge amount of work goes into being in that position and maintaining that position either oh yeah it's, it's full-time it's, gig it's it's more mm-hmm. more than just a nine-to-five for some people especially you know social media has become its own mm-hmm. industry and not just for the people that like are behind the scenes like making the platforms but like you know even doing this like uh people who do podcasts people who do stream and like those are 24-hour jobs you're streaming you're making your content you're building a costume yeah. you're doing whatever and you're it's all the time you marketing yourself off. and exactly. it's there's you don't always uh, have a whole team to do it which is no you don't like i mean to, even to from that. my point of view as a writer like i don't have a whole team to do everything for me if i want to promote my books if i want to promote uh anything i've written if i want to do uh any kind of events where i talk about stuff i have to do all that work like i mm-hmm. don't necessarily have a massive team behind me doing it um you know hopefully in the future when you know you build up a, a portfolio of work and all stuff. I've only really been active as a writer for, I want to say, four years. Sure. So, you know, I'm doing pretty well. What kind of stuff other than the publication? I mean, including the publication, like what, uh, what so kind yeah, of stuff do you The journal we set up five years ago. So, yeah, that really only came out four years ago. Uh, I've written a lot for, like, magazines and newspapers and stuff like that, online content, predominantly about pop culture. Um, sure. But I just kind of found journalism, like, fast-paced journalism didn't fit me. Like, it just... my I can't handle it, which is, you know. It's fine. Uh, so I write prose now, uh, and I'm doing prose nonfiction. At the moment, I've written two books that are about cosplay, history of cosplay, and like the social elements of it, getting involved in the the community, which That's is awesome. amazing. I was headhunted to write those, which was very nice. What, um, are, the na- what, are, what are the names of those books? Uh, that is A Guide to Film and TV Cosplay and A Guide to Manga no, Anime, Manga, and Video Game Cosplay. Where can we get TV those? TV and cosplay, come, uh, you can get them anywhere. You can get awesome. them on Amazon, preferably not, but you can get them in Waterstones, Barnes and Noble, local bookshops, uh, Noble the Wordery. Yes, in London. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but like most good, most I would say most bookshops, to be honest, you can order it through um, and online retailers as well, which is very cool. Good. Um, and I'm writing a book about fandom culture at the moment, which will oh. be coming out. I want to say next spring, as long as I meet my deadlines. <laughs> it's always been a, a an interesting yeah. topic because when I started going, I did, I wrote a comic book poorly, very poorly. Many years ago, I started doing conventions. That was like how I was introduced to them was, I think my first one I got to go see as a, just a normal person. And then the following year, uh, or not even, it was the same year, Chicago had two of them. And so I would go and I was behind the scenes. I was behind a table. I was selling, mm-hmm. I was promoting myself, kind of like how we met. And, you know, it's a whole different um, beast. I forgot my point, like mid sentence right (laughs) there. Um, Oh, but like the culture is so different than people expect, you know, and and there's a lot of like, it's getting better. Well, it's not. I would say that I want it to get better. I think I'm (laughs) kidding myself to say that there's less toxic fandom. Um, but there is definitely a lot of toxic yeah. fandom out there. It's I mean, been look a really at really interesting. Yeah, look at like what happened really with. Uh, to... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Star Wars. What's her name? Yeah. Um, oh, can't with um, her name. Uh, Kelly Marie Chan. Yes, uh, that and, was awful. 
and then when the latest in Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, oh, um, yeah, she played uh, the, Moses. Uh, I talked about Moses it on one I've of my, forgotten her surname, yes, but it's like there's uh, just there's just so Reva. much. Yeah, there's just so much hate and it's it it's because a lot of people see their own they they project themselves into the characters and if they see someone yeah. that is not like themselves they immediately shut off and they're like no that's not right this is ridiculous and a lot of it stems yeah. from you know like internal racism it turns from sexism fashion just like whatever it may be and it's awful. And I think it'd be really interesting like I said researching into this because actually as you know there's a lot of that internalized stuff but I also think that there's a huge amount of emotional connection. Sure. And people have that emotional connection to a thing. And I think often we get emotionally connected to it when we're children. Mm -hmm. And so we don't necessarily develop what those emotions are. Um, so a lot of people Boy. maybe have uh, a connection to something through their parent or through an older sibling and all that kind of stuff. And that is the point of connection for them. So if you watch Star Wars with, you, with your dad or whatever, you're going to have it that that's your thing you do with your dad. And so I think people are still almost, and this is going to, I don't mean this to sound patronizing, but it's almost like a childlike attachment to that. And it's not developed into an adult attachment. Whereas like I find that things that I'm a fan of as an adult, I have a very different kind of, as much as I might that's have the true. same level of, I love this thing. It's a very different emotional connection because I'm able to be like, oh, I am an adult. Whereas like with things that I was a fan of as a child, I kind of have to be like, I need to step away from this because if I disagree with you, I'm going to explode. Um, because my connection point. to it is still that connection of, of a child. And that's very psychological and all that kind of stuff. And you could go down a rabbit hole with therapy and everything. Yeah. And I, I do wonder whether, that. and you know, and I don't, and I, that doesn't dismiss the fact that a lot of that is internalized racism, is internalized misogyny, right, all that kind right. of stuff. But the way that people react to that means they don't analyze that that's what that is they just react with this is my thing that i like and i liked it as a kid and you can't touch it it's that thing of people talking about oh you're ruining my childhood and all that kind of stuff because it's an emotional childlike I never, connection i never understood that like how can no, you it doesn't, your childhood still is still in the past yeah. it's there you can't exactly. change what how you I mean, felt as a kid you it, can change how you feel as an adult but that exactly i think it takes a lot of work ridiculous. to kind of reanalyze that to be like hang on my reaction you know to be self-aware enough to go oh wait no why am i reacting like this is, it's something that a lot of people, you know, and I think because everything's hard and the world's difficult, people don't necessarily, they want to just enjoy their lives. They want to go and walk their dog. They want to do their job and all that kind of stuff. And they want to enjoy their fandom. And if something gets difficult in fandom, I think people react in a kind of more emotional way to that. And I don't, this is not to disregard anything. It's more just the like thoughts that I've had through writing yeah. this book that almost everybody I've spoken to from academics through to people who run fan communities through to people who, uh, like I spoke to people who set up like uh, Archive of Our Own and all this sort of stuff. Like I've done a really big spectrum of different kind of fans and people involved in fandom. And the one thing that it always comes back to is this emotional connection to things of like, this is part of me. I've made it part of me through my love for it. And and that's a difficult thing to maybe talk about, like the, quite how deeply ingrained certain things are in us, you know? Sure. Sure. Like I literally sat here and like I put a TIE fighter background on because I love Star Wars so much. We've talked about Star Wars. We talked yeah. about Cal Kestis, all that kind of stuff. But I didn't come to Star Wars until I was an adult. Like sure. I didn't watch them really. Like I watched the first, like I watched Phantom Menace when I was a kid with my dad and my mum. But like they weren't really Star Wars people. So like we watched Buffy and Star Trek and Doctor Who. Uh, and then I watched Star Wars as an adult and my partner's really into Star Wars. So it's become a thing that I connect to as an adult, which means that I have a very different... But okay so like star wars for me is like an adult thing 
like it's from that sounds really weird but you know what i mean it's like i yeah, yeah. connect to it in a way where i'm like i'm able to analyze it and i'm able to like i've made comments to people where i'm like look i love star wars but like none of the films apart from rogue one are actually that good <laughs> like they're great they're very really interesting good. point that you'd said one of my co-hosts um gjc327 check him out mm -hmm. um he is like his, that's his least favorite movie of all time. That's really interesting. I know, and so I mean, like I think the thing is, it's like everything up against yeah. Rogue One, and it's just really, it's really entertaining. I think from a point of view of somebody who writes and has studied a lot of scripts and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, actually, like as a as a film, it's it's a good yeah, film. You can't necessarily disregard that. Uh, like it time. actually, it, it it goes in, it does all the things that a film should do. Um, but it's not if you, it's not necessarily a Star Wars film. And so I can right. kind of see that maybe that's the dichotomy that's... there. If you like Star Wars, this Star Wars, this Star Wars, like so me as like an, as somebody who's like, I hadn't really watched these until I was 20. Um, it's like, cool, this this one thing here, this is a really good film, but maybe these ones are great and really enjoyable, but they're not necessarily good. Like I've had arguments with people about the fact that the original trilogy isn't even necessarily good. Like, Ooh. I'm like, it's fun and enjoyable. Ooh. And I really, I'm not saying I okay. don't like them. And I'm saying people should like them. Uh, people should watch if, them and enjoy them and all that kind of stuff. But I, if you th break there's them an down, argument for pacing. Yeah, <laughs> if you break them down, those last two movies make, you, you could tear them apart. It, it, yeah. Like it's yeah. a job, and which that, is but fine. But the thing is, that doesn't, but the thing is, it doesn't matter because we I'm enjoy still it. Love that's them. all that matters, you know. Yeah. Like Ghost, the original Ghostbusters film, also not necessarily a particularly good or well-paced movie, but it's still great. You know, it's still I a good film. I will love it. And that's kind of what you were talking about. Like, I grew up with that. That's one of my grow up, like, kid films. Mm. Like, I've watched it. it. It came out, like, the same year I was born. So within a few years, I started watching it. Mm. My cousin and I have, like, a, if you see it, well, not that anybody watches live television anymore, but if you see it on TV, you would just stop and finish and watch yeah. the movie. And that was it. Exactly. And, like, like, but you can look like at my it. tenth birthday was a Ghostbusters birthday party. Oh my like, god, we're just like you know, best I love it. So it's fine. Yeah. Um, um, and so, like for me, like I, I love Ghostbusters, and obviously you love Ghostbusters, and we tried to show it to my my friend's husband. <laughs> He's never seen it, and he was like, "This is not a good movie." Like as an adult, he was like, "No," and we were like. It's fair enough, but you can leave. We're going to finish watching. Yeah, it. like I don't you care. Like go. it's fine. I'm um, not going to yell at you, but exactly. please let me love my thing. That was my big exactly. thing on a lot of stuff. Is just let people love the things they love. Like exactly. if you don't think something's good, that's fine. That's your opinion. But like yeah, it's people who are it. like this is a good movie or this mm. is a bad movie. I'm like, no, that's your opinion. Like on yeah. what you feel it is. You can say I didn't exactly. like the movie, you know. And and that's a lot of what like we do in 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 the the other podcast, which is just breaking down movies and shows and then we go into nostalgia yeah. and stuff like that and and so going from but that's what like... i think i mean about like the child connection it's a nostalgia yeah. connection right that's it so like i my big fandom as a kid growing up was lord of the rings sure loved it like completely it. obsessed like obsessed like i have lord of the rings tattoos and stuff now like it's like my big thing and awesome. and so i'm a bit nervous about rings of power i'm still gonna watch it yeah you know but i'm a bit nervous because i'm like mm. Is and it's going to be good or not? I don't know, you know. And I've talked about um, it before. These types of things like prequels and and that kind of stuff really aren't necessarily geared towards like the hardcore fans. Some yeah. of it will be. Anytime you have like a movie or a screen adaptation, it's mostly going to try and uh, a grab for new fans, which is wonderful. Exactly. And like, it's more like, I love Lord of the Rings. I wasn't a huge fan of the Hobbit films. I never read any of the Lord yeah. of the Rings books, but I can respect them. Yeah, I didn't like the Hobbit. But um, like for this show, like I'm excited because it's more lore yeah. into the world. Like, exactly. I don't know like, what's happening. I so kind of feel like with The Hobbit, I so The Hobbit is my favorite book of all time ever. Just sure. it is. 
uh, and the Lord of the Rings books are they're fine um lots of Tolkien fans are now going to come and stab me um but The Hobbit is is almost like one of those perfect things uh like just as a book as far as I'm concerned uh and there's definitely again there's that emotional connection to my dad and him reading me it and, right, and all that right. kind of stuff and I actually don't hate the films like I can sit and watch the Hobbit films because there's elements of it that are so perfect to the book that I can almost forgive the rest of it for those elements sure. to be like this is perfect this bit this bit you've done here is so perfect that like uh the bit where Bilbo climbs out over Mirkwood and all the butterflies kind of fly off and he sees the lonely mountain is so exactly what I saw in my head when I read that bit in the book I was like wow like everything else I don't care anything else in this film can be bad that was perfect um and and like Thorin's gold madness and stuff like that again just really well done Good. other bits like eh. um but then at the same Legolas. time I kind of yeah why was he there a Is cameo it? would have been fine like yeah. we know he must have been there the cameo would be funny but did we need that whole plot line no the answer is no to make it three movies um, yes but no yeah but like bits that I also that additions that aren't in the book that I liked are the exploration of uh going and finding Sauron as the necromancer because that's literally a throwaway line in the book of the necromancer and you're like who the hell is that and that's it it's never explained uh like you know and there's whole bits in the book where it's like and then six months later they were all best buddies which you can't do in a film you know you can just no. be like oh yeah okay yeah for a children's book yes you can but you can't necessarily do that in a movie you have to explain how they went from a to b um but, you know, it's just like that kind of stuff. I, I did enjoy those editions because it's more Middle Earth. Like you said, it's more lore. It's more yeah. stuff. It's 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 glad you being a badass. I'm into that. That's great. Um, You know, it's so I'm like I said, I'm excited for Rings of Power because I think there's going to be more lore. There's going to be more of that stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, is it going to be a bit like The Hobbit that there are bits I'm like, yay. And bits I'm like, oh, no, uh, that's, that's coming think... out soon, too, isn't it? Isn't it like it is a, a week tomorrow? or two? Tomorrow? Tomorrow. I am so yeah. behind. I was supposed to be doing uh, friends like a... of mine were at the premiere on. I want to say yesterday, day before Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, well, it's was, going I was up against tell us about at all. It's going up against what's it called? Uh, the uh, House the of Game the Dragon. Of yeah. Which is like a whole nother fandom that became just completely. And like you said, it was it was something that that was my point that I've made in the past is like with Game of Thrones specifically, that's something that like people they invested in for almost 10 years, you know, and, mm. and they were like, this is this is my Sunday night, period. Like, yeah. I'm going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm going to love these characters. Some seasons are great. Some seasons are not. The ending was and that sort of show Bad, doesn't come along but... very often, you know, that yeah. thing where it's coming out weekly and you're yeah. not binging it and it's a big event and it's been going on for years. You know, literally, I would say I started watching it when I was at university and it, it finished like what, two, three years ago now it's 2019, before lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. So before lockdown. 20, yeah. Um, and like, so that's like 10, you're right. It is like 10 just, years. And everyone got so mad at that ending. Yeah. And then people will see, and this was like a point I made before. So anyone who's watching this, if you hear me repeat myself, I apologize. But like, <laughs> you know, you have that for, for so long and so sudden where the ending was so shocking and so not mm -hmm. what anyone anticipated. In my opinion, it was very poorly executed. And that was a whole lack of whatever but like you know that's just an opinion and but that's what caused like because it was so fresh there's no time to mourn this moment you know you just yeah. one season to the next and then boom it's like what the hell was this but whereas you look at like star wars fandom who are in my opinion some of the most toxic fan base in the world 
possibly uh but you go from like the 70s to the early 2000s to the 2019s 2020s you've got time in between each set of trilogies to kind of process and and accept that these things have happened so then you get ryan johnson who ruined star wars and i'm like that's the best of the three i will not not take that slander it's amazing yeah no it's the best of the three because so good yeah tail end it with just yeah you tail end it with episode four and episode six i'm like you didn't do anything new. anyway but like the yeah. reason that people continue to watch star wars is because a it's ingrained into their childhood and b it's it's something they've been able to process over the past exactly. and i think years. what was fascinating was seeing the reaction to the kenobi show was yeah. how excited the kids who grew up with the prequels were to see these characters again like there's the anakin fandom has just come yeah. back you're like oh okay and like both Ewan and Hayden were like, it's amazing to finally be accepted into this because the adults who saw it all the time, who were making comments about how much they hated the prequels and all this sort of stuff and making like the people in the prequels feel bad about it, aren't there anymore. No. It's the kids who grew up with those films who are that's now watching target them. target audience. That's like, for. Exactly. It's for, I think that's the other thing is that people forget particularly with Star Wars. They're kids' movies. They're kids' movies. And so like Almost. sometimes like Book of Boba Fett is not perfect, but at the same time, you know what? It's brilliant fun. It's really good fun. <laughs> It's I very tore that silly. apart on one of my episodes. But it's just like, but at the same time, I really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, what are they going to do next? It's weird. It's random. I don't care. Let's go. That's an um, interesting point to your, to your, uh, like, you know, uh, your childhood relationship to these characters is like Boba Fett had like five minutes of screen time and went out yeah. in one of the silliest deaths ever and was not like he was mysterious and i think the mystery behind him people inserted their own sort of history and made yeah. him a badass well i remember how mad this. people got when they found out like people got so yeah. mad when so they mad. found out that he was a clone even yeah. just in a just attack of the clones people got so mad and i'm like you're never going to be happy with boba fett yeah. there is no version of boba fett you're going to be happy with because yeah. you insert yourself into him yeah. and actually i don't care because i love tamura morrison i will watch everything with tamura morrison I'm and i think he's it. an amazing actor yeah. uh, and so i'm here like Please give me three million Tamura Morrison doing right. things. Let's go. Right. How many? How many shows can he be in? Because there's so many of him. Yeah. Um. Which is which is just great. And I I have opinions about Book of Boba. I don't think it was perfect. And but there's also things where I'm like, you know what? My my header on my Facebook account was that moment of him and Din fighting together, and I'm like, oh, maybe so happy. Cool. I was like, I love them so much. I, I could do with a little less like bright Power Rangers colors in the middle of nowhere, but whatever. Um, and I think, but the thing is, I think the thing with Star Wars is that actually every so often you just have to try something completely different and throw out the box. It's the reason people didn't like The Last Jedi. It was so different. It was so yeah. new. And That's I think every I so often it. you just have to, yeah, the well, same. I think every so often you have to be like, we're going to try something because we can't keep it like this or it will stay stale. And sometimes that will work and sometimes it won't. And sometimes it'll work for some people and sometimes it won't work for anybody, you know? And so actually Ryan Johnson trying something new didn't work for everybody it did work for some people and actually look back on it and it's just a really good film and like i think that's true of book of boba they were trying to do something new but disney yeah. was putting you know there's a lot of restrictions in there and obviously yeah, robert Rodriguez wasn't really allowed to kind of explore as much as he wanted it's kind of obvious that that's there like he's clearly being restricted um whereas actually i would have loved to have seen the weird spy kids movie that he wanted to make <laughs> i love spy kids oh my god i was too um, old for that one but yeah <laughs> but, you know so like i grew up on his movies for children so like when i saw him Which doing that stuff weird for me because i grew yeah. up on his movies for adults and then he yeah. goes and does that and you're like wait a minute yeah 
how is he going to mess up some child? Oh no, that's a normal child movie. And then yeah. you look and at they're like, great. They're genuinely you know, great. And so I kind of feel like maybe if they just let him do his Robert Rodriguez, like without maybe any kind of control from Disney or whatever, been like, no, we need to pull it back a bit. Disney um, did control. What are you talking about? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Maybe there would have been a different series, but we, we don't know. Um, but like, I think it's really interesting when you see that, but we've gone completely off topic. We have, and that's, and, and that's completely fine. And, <laughs> and I was going to bring it back around. And so basically I mean, I'm what, just sat here surrounded to, by so much Star Wars stuff. Like, to obviously, sum it up, so. fandom <laughs> is going to be something. And I actually, I'm looking forward to, you know, uh, uh, knowing when your book comes out, because this is something that's always fascinated me. And I, I talked to everybody on here, even like my earlier stuff. You can't see them on my YouTube channel, but you can check them out over here on, on the uh, uh, Spotify, those early early ones i talk a lot about fandom and people's interactions with um direct interactions with fans online interactions because it is it's a very you know i i, I don't want to say it but it's a very male dominant culture is comic books and that kind of stuff it was it was male dominant for a long time it's it's getting better this is really interesting having done the research i can guarantee you it's not it has been it's just they've been in different spaces exactly completely different spaces and forums online so like i think if you're a um a man you were in those male-dominated spaces because other people didn't, so non-men true. just didn't want to join them. Like I've been in fandom since I was a kid. I know people who are older than me who've been in fandom for a really long time, and they and when they went at Comic Con and stuff, yeah, they were male-dominated. But the online spaces have always been they've true. always been non-men there. Like I mean, Star true. Trek, particularly the Star Trek fandom is has been categorically women, uh, non. I'm going to use non-men. Uh, <laughs> you know, Fair. for a really really long time. And it's just that the forums that were the ones that maybe the more well-known ones weren't friendly to those people. So they went and made their own. And that's that's why you end up with things like AO3. It's why you end up with like Tumblr being the way it was is because those were safe spaces for people who were yeah. away from that. And even further back, the mailing lists and all that kind of stuff, you go back into the early, the zines, most zines for Star uh, Star Trek and stuff were made by women. Yeah. And, um, and that's the beautiful part about it is, is what people don't know is, is you know, a lot of the... What am I trying to say here? A lot of the um, not popular, I guess popular, but the stuff that's like portrayed uh, more commonly is, I mean, just look at like what people talk about, like the cast of like the Avengers and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There's like seven dudes into, you know, uh, women. And so it, it, it creates this um, idea amongst some people where it is a, a you know, male heavy dominant industry, which you're mm-hmm. correct. It is not, it, it really isn't like some of my favorite comic books that I've read, you know, Gail Simone is a, f- you know, phenomenal writer and like there's some amazing artists yeah. and, and people I'm forgetting, but like it's yeah. it, the diversity in it is the what makes itself, it more interesting. Yeah. I think the industry itself has struggled to become more diverse. So I would say that fan base has been pretty diverse from the get go. Yes. You know, people have always found themselves in fandom and found the spaces that work for them. Um, but the industry has really struggled yeah. to do that, which is yeah. why I think you end up with things like Gamergate and stuff happening, because when those sure. people move away from their particular fan space and are like, I want to now work in this industry, I'm going to make a space for myself. Um, that's when people get that thing of like, hang on, you weren't here, you were never here, this is my space. Uh, and it's like, well, no, they yeah. were always there, you just didn't see them or you didn't want to see them. And now yeah. you're getting cross because like, oh, but yeah. that was my thing. and throw my toys out the pram like i'm gonna be honest anybody who kind of gets involved in any of like the gamer gate or any of that kind of stuff online as far as i'm concerned as a toddler like don't behave like that don't no. do it it's not chill no not it, chill <laughs> it's not it's not um i you know uh, it, it's such a hard topic really to kind of dive into because there's so many different things there's so many things that i grew up loving and so many things that have happened now that were brought to my 
uh, brought to my light. And so like, I, you know, I learn about these things and I hear about them and I'm mortified and, and like, I didn't know all of this shit. Like some yeah. of the things are kind of obvious that I could guess, like, you know, there was a bunch of bullshit that happened behind like the scenes of like GTA. I'm like, well, I, yeah, that's unfortunate, but I get it. Like, I'm not encouraging it. I'm not accepting it, but like, I understand how like a game like that could come from such a toxic place. I mean, the game itself, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's improved, it's getting better. And you know, this, it, the, it, but mm -hmm. like, it, it it's it's you know there's uh, all i can say is it, you know i wouldn't choose to play it that's, you know, exactly it's and that's and that's totally fine and and i understand completely why because there was think, so much bullshit yeah. that happened behind the scenes and like you know i, I being someone who's not in uh, one of these industries i want to encourage people to stand up and be a voice and you know make themselves heard and try and make some change within every industry comic books cosplay video games movies writing like that's we need more voices and not I mean just... the thing that's interesting yeah is you talk about uh you talk about like you love Ghostbusters and all this sort of stuff so me age 10 little little me was like oh my god I love Ghostbusters I wish there were girl Ghostbusters me age 23 oh. or whatever is then like oh my god girl Ghostbusters it was the best moment of my life I love that film yeah. I will I love, love that, that film. film. It's a great film. It's gen again, it's genuinely like you break it down. It's actually a good film. It's paced really well. The characters are funny, all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's not everyone's sense of humor. But the backlash it got was like, why? There was it's no... so unnecessary. It was before <laughs> it even came out. It was just yeah. haters. It was just people who were like, this is what I remember. This is me. I put myself in those characters. I don't want to see a woman play this character. Mm -hmm. I want to see anyone else play this but character. Then the and thing it's is, just... they forget that there was 10-year-old girls yeah. watching Ghostbusters or Younger or whatever and be like, wow, I wish I could be a Ghostbuster. Oh. And then it's like, and now, and they forget that those people existed as if like, or they just don't believe those people existed. And it's like, of course they did. Don't, yeah. don't be silly, you know. Yeah, it's, it's so. ridiculous. Uh, you know, I, I get I get really heated, especially with like <laughs> industries and, and stuff that I grew up loving and people then putting hate behind it where I'm like, no, I want, if, if someone loves it, love it. I love that more people love this thing, you know, and, and more I don't care who loves more, it. Come on, please keep going. bring it it's, on more. Oh. That means someone in the future, like someone loves the prequels now grows up to be a writer, you know, for star Wars. Good. Like I hated the prequels. That's fine. I, they're not for me. I was, you know, 20 when, or 18 when these things came out. So I'm going to be a little bit more edgy cause I'm a cool teenager, but like, you mm -hmm. know, I wanted, uh, uh I, I'm glad that people love those movies I babysitted yeah. kids who are like I love Phantom Menace and I'm like good for you man like that means you in 20 yeah. years might Phantom write a new Menace. Star Wars that's going to be absolutely amazing like please so like one of the first things I wrote when I kind of was like trying out with a I wrote a podcast like a, a an audio drama kind of style podcast that's awesome uh, and it's a sci-fi and there is one episode which is essentially my love letter to pod racing because I just love pod racing so much like I love it, and oh, I wrote a whole awesome. episode. It was basically me being like, "This is I love Phantom Menace. I love pod racing. I'm going to do a whole episode about it." Uh, like my that, that Nintendo it. 64 game was amazing, and That's it's some so of the good. coolest scenes ever to see, like mm. that pod race from mm -hmm. from Phantom Menace. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of parts of that movie, and if you really break down the original prequels if we're going to go into this real quick the story itself is cool it's a really interesting yeah. fascinating story i think the execution of it for me personally well, it's why i really like the clone wars tv show because then it kind of gives you gives that you the, stretches it. It. Yeah. yeah yeah also captain rex exists and that's great uh <laughs> i don't point. have a bias towards clones at all we've had this conversation yeah um i love them all i i have um i don't know if you can see it on the thing so i have uh this is my clone wars tattoo awesome 
So there's Coin Force 99 and then like Ahsoka's Fulcrum symbol and then the J guys for Rex what, at the bottom. What an awesome character in Ahsoka. I, I need to finish all yeah. of them. I haven't finished all of them, but uh, you know, that's I'm watching 7,000 things. I'm reviewing things yeah. on my podcast. <laughs> I just can't keep things straight. It used to be but a time awesome. when it was like I love her. when you would watch some like six different shows at once because they came out every week and you could you mm-hmm. could spread them out. And now it's like with binging and Netflix, it's like, okay, I'm gonna watch this for but four days straight and then you're I, like i have to process yeah. it's, it's everything it's so difficult i actually have to say as much as like i have issues with how disney plus operates the fact that they release things weekly is great because it means i can be like this is my day where i went like this morning yeah. i was like i couldn't sleep so i i sat and watched she hulk when it came out i was like cool there we go that's great i'm gonna enjoy oh watching my God, it's She-Hulk. thursday isn't it yes yeah, Thursday. Ooh, i'm excited uh, <laughs> um and just stuff like that and i'm like i'm kind of glad that like rings of power is going to be doing weekly as well because it means that i can have my friday will be rings of power and yeah. then Andor will be on one day or something like that so you know they'll be i'm kind of enjoying that i'm getting my nerdy shows on those it's this day so that shows on well then um, you can like sit there and talk about it too you can process it with your friends and be like Think oh what it. happened this week oh let's talk about mm-hmm. that oh that was cool what's going to happen next as opposed to like yeah here we go here we go here we go here we go like i'm binging you know i'm re-binging doctor who at the moment and i love binging doctor who and i love binging my shows i do i really do if it's something i'm really interested in i want to watch it all like i watched uh jack reacher which you know i know not everybody wants amazon prime i get it but uh, i think that was an amazing show and it was worth a binge because you could it wasn't like a super in-depth mm. Game of Thrones, but like there's things that you can do for like a binge and there's things that I think deserve yeah. the time to digest and process and talk about. And I think most things Marvel and, I kind of love and the that, fact kind that of a lot of A lot of weirdly, there's like now big fandoms for things like Taskmaster, like uh, the game show. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched it. I, I've, I've seen a lot of clips and, I, yeah. and I've caught a couple of episodes myself. Yeah. I do enjoy so, like, that. There's a big there's a big fandom for that. And I think part of that is because it's a like something that comes out weekly where you can really engage with these people mm-hmm. and you kind of get, you know, there is a certain level of like character work because, you know, obviously the presenters are, are playing sort of stylized versions of themselves mm-hmm. and, and like that kind of thing. And I, re- I find it really interesting that actually a lot of shows that are weekly shows end up getting a bigger, more intense. Oh, yeah. I don't mean intense, but more kind of invested fan base because I mean, people get excited for the new series coming out and they they know they're going to then have 12 weeks of everybody interacting with it and that's really interesting to like i would say that i've not seen that kind of excitement about maybe a binging netflix show anytime like recently because i think oh, the well, biggest like- thing uh, is it has to be good like stranger things i think took is the oh, yeah. only exception stranger yeah. things has a huge fan base and people love it i love it and and it it created that kind of frenzy, you know, it was a great mm. show, but then you look at things like, you know, which is interesting with like a, like a game of Thrones or house of the dragon. Like you're right. Like those things tend to last longer in people's minds than like some mm-hmm. binged show. You know, I could talk about Jack Reacher all I want. The amount of people that watch that versus the amount of people that are going to tune in every week for house of the dragon or uh, the Lord of the Rings power uh, uh, rings of power. It's going to yeah. be a very vast different number. And that's just because I think, I think so. you're right. I mean, plus marketing yeah. and everything. Okay. We could I go mean, on yeah. forever. We, I, we I, found them. It's, it's my favorite topic. It uh, is. It really is. And, and, <laughs> it, yes. And, and look, I, and honestly, when your book comes out, I would love to have you back on and talk about it more uh, because I, this is a topic I've been wanting to really dive into a lot more and, and haven't had a complete opportunity too uh so um i'm gonna do my usual uh where can people find you how can they see you what's your your uh, online presence so my online presence is mostly on instagram sure uh because which is wonderful uh, during I the pandemic you. yeah uh, I, yeah during the pandemic my basically my brain went 
I can't cope with social media <laughs> and I got rid of most of it. It's fine. Uh, so I don't have Twitter anymore and I don't have TikTok. But on Instagram, I'm uh, Lilith Prince, which is L-I-L-I-S-T and then Prince. I will, put a, I will put a link in the comments. Because yeah. so I realize it's one of those follow. dumb things that nobody knows how to spell. Sure. Um, when you write Lil, you know, it's L-I-L and people yeah, don't and know then how to Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm the smallest one. No. Um, that's mostly where I'm active and I do post in my stories relatively frequently about what I'm doing or uh, even if I don't update other things. Awesome. Uh, you can find the Cosplay Journal on everything. So that's probably the best place. Like that's not strictly me. That's like the whole team. But sure. the Cosplay Journal is on Instagram at the Cosplay Journal on Twitter, just at Cosplay Journal. Um, and we do have TikTok, but we don't really update it. And you know, because yeah. we're old. Yeah, um, I'm the same way. I don't do much Twitter, but I have I have it over here. So check it out. Yeah. Um, um, so that's the best place to find it. And like, and then our website is www.thecosplayjournal.com. Super easy. Awesome. Um, and we've got blogs going up. Uh, we're not again it's not necessarily super frequent because uh, it's all volunteer-led so like we're all grassroots and and so when stuff happens when it happens but there's some really interesting things on there if you want to read about the cosplay community and yeah. any kind of things to do with diversity in the community and stuff like that uh, that's all up there we have some really cool blogs and you can get the journal itself there but only currently in digital format because we're re-editing uh, the first four editions into a new format because we've redone the covers and stuff so that's just cool at the moment but you can still get them they're just they're just uh ebooks right now awesome definitely everybody go check them out um you know uh follow all the the socials i definitely encourage reading the books and checking out all of your um the cosplay oh yeah journals. there are links to the like my book books are on that website as well uh or you could just like i said find them in like waterstones or anywhere so awesome um Check them out. Make sure to, to like and follow everything. Um, if you've liked what we've done, make sure to like and follow The Modern Nerd with all of my socials right yeah. here. Uh, we'll be bringing in more interviews. I look forward to doing this. And I look forward to having you back on You know more to discuss books because, again, this uh, a good conversation goes off the rails. And we went off yeah. the rails several <laughs> times. So I really enjoyed having you on here. And I really look forward to, to bringing you back. Um, otherwise, it's been great. Uh, Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And as always, I have been The Modern Nerd. And thank you for watching.